Well, it's always nice to have an Take opportunity to come. Parach. I hope I know. I always love an opportunity to come. You gotta say it kind so of. So we've heard. You, you've got to accentuate that. Mm-hmm. Got to kind of punch it. I always. Yeah. I never push. miss an Give opportunity to come. Bada bing, bada boom. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the gay days of our lives. I'm Tom, slightly left of center today on the gooseneck mic, and... I'm Pancho, the jovial, affable sidekick. And you're on the far left I'm today. I'm the far we left. try to keep you on the far mm, left. The pan left. Yeah. And I'm Daniel today. And you're a little to the right... You're, no, no, you're on the far right. We always put you on the far right, even Oy. though you're not on the far right. Oy vey. Okay. And our special return guest today. Quincy. I'm Quincy. So nice to be back with you, and I'm enjoying your new studio here. It's, it's very nice. Well, it feels different in here. Yes. Uh, way different. It's much more live. We were in the den before with all the mattresses and the curtains and now this is a all tile glass room so the den the den yeah yeah and the hackneyed phrase comes to mind back by popular demand <laughs> yes <laughs> why well, well, thank you is that for me it is yes it is indeed for me. it is it's totally there was a spike yeah in listenership on the dashboard i can look at look and see uh what kind of listenership we've had. And the episode that you were on had the highest listening level of any of our eight shows, nine shows. Well, I'm going to try to not let that go to my head. (laughs) (laughs) Let it go somewhere. Uh, um, We have to tell you that might be a false positive for you because I think Pam listened about 12 times. (laughs) <laughs> she is right. seeking you out She would like to meet you I see, well uh, Do you want to give Pam a special shout out? Yes, a special shout out for my number one fan Pam, thank you From oh. Quincy Great, I'll make sure she I will make sure she hears this show I'm going to send her a little note when we're done Now Daniel, what happened to you this week? Anything? Nothing new um, Just same old, same old um, I'm actually getting ready to be a poll worker out here on Tuesday, um, and n- not at the strip club. I'm actually going to be working the election, so that's the poll I will be working. Oh, <laughs> P-O-L-L, not P-O-L-E. Yes, sir. Okay, got it. Will there be an after-hour show? Uh, who knows? I mean, it's going to be, I have to arrive at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then I get, uh, they say, you know, at 7 is when the door's shut. But as long as people are online, we are obligated to get them in to vote. So oh, please, so there aren't two shifts? No, uh. no, it's a one person. Well, it's it's interesting. So you need to have a, a Democrat, Republican. Um, you need to have, I believe, one of each party, poll, poll worker of each party working at each poll place, which is interesting. I never knew that going in. Also, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, whether you're a Republican, I think the message right now should be to go out and vote. And um, uh, tell me, uh, Daniel, uh, are you allowed to carry uh, 
um, unconcealed firearms strapped to your body or anything like that when you are a poll worker to protect yourself? Not or? that I'm aware of, but you know, it's it's odd times to say the least. I found out more about my friend who's going to be a poll worker in Tombstone. Okay. Did we talk about that no, last we, time? No, we didn't. Bit? I thought we did, but he was here today, and I asked him to please explain how this works. They use electronic touchscreens in Tombstone, which we don't use here. His job, when a handicapped person pulls up who's too impaired to get out of the car, is to go out to the car with a worksheet. That person fills in the bubbles on the worksheet. Then my friend goes back inside and goes in the booth and carries out that instruction onto the screen from the worksheet. The person actually voting is 50 feet away sitting in their car. So this was kind of news to me. I didn't know this is a thing that can be done, but uh, I guess it is. What do you think of that? Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the privacy issue. Here, you know, our voting is sacred and private of what decision we make and who we vote for. And now you have someone coming to you, which I'm all in favor of, let's do everything we can to give access to voting to all people, uh, whether you have a, a disability or not. But it kind of concerns me that I'm now asking a surrogate who I don't know and who I need to trust to carry out my vote. Are there any controls to make sure that indeed what I told them on the worksheet is going to happen in reality? There's no way to verify that, exactly. There is no way, as near as I can tell. Unless that person gets out of their car or they carry the monitor computer out to the car, no. The final button you push is, is this the way you really want to vote? Yes or no, and it can be changed. So all they have is the worksheet. That is the only piece of paper that probably goes into a box somewhere, and they could go back and look if they wanted to. But that person who's going out to the car is one person of one party. It's not two observers, one from each party. It's right. one person from one party going out to the car. I agree. And coming back in. And, and no secrecy. And, those, and loss of secrecy. And right. who, you know, wh what, who sets the bar to enter that job for that day? You know, if I'm a poll worker, anybody could be a poll worker. Do they do any training? There, there's online training due to COVID, so it's all online training. All they, they send you a booklet in the mail that you're supposed to read. Have I read it? Yes. Wink, wink. And, you know, the day of, it's pretty much on-the-job training for that one day. The booklet that you got, what kinds of things does it does it tell you you have to be nonpartisan does it tell you you cannot influence what does it say yes exactly yeah. it says those things and the like it also talks about dress code things of that nature yeah what you can and cannot wear what you should look like um, because I'm you know I'm one person and that you know filled out a form online that they called to say do you want to be a poll worker still and I said yes and they're great, cool. What's your social security number? We're paying you oh. for the day and just show up. So I, you know, it's interesting. 
And uh, so I, I want to grasp on some of the the uh, dress code issue. I'm, I'm assuming no logo shirts. Yeah, or no, no logo shirts, no partisan type of regalia, but it's very clean cut kind of, I guess, you know, business casual attire sets. It is a very long day. Can you wear sexy underwear underneath your clothes? I always do. So no one's going to look and make sure that you're wearing tidy whities or anything. Or no one at all. Or none at all. <laughs> so this, this actually leads me to a conversation I had not too long ago. Um, due to everything that's going on and all this like polarization that's going on in the country. And the conversation surrounded um, Black Lives Matter, as well as um, people of color, minorities, etc. And I've come to the conclusion that, yes, people of color, um, Black Lives Matter, those are all important. And I wanted to take that kind of one step further and say anyone that's different. And I, I say that kind of generally speaking, but I imagine a straight white man that weighs 400, 500 pounds has experienced some form of discrimination in their life. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So, you know, even though they don't, you know, that particular person doesn't necessarily fit into a person of color, black, lives matter type of box, I imagine those people need some advocacy as well. The people that are different. So yes, you're, you're, we're talking about uh, leaving the idea of protected class and being actually more inclusive uh, because the protective classes are very limited I when think you think about it. There's only seven protected classes, uh -huh. I believe. Um, you mean legally, federally, yes. however that is? What are they? He's going to look it up. We'll, be, we'll, we'll come back to that. <clears throat> While you're looking that up, I wanted to say something about this business of the dress code, you can't wear partisan clothing, t-shirts with slogans. The California Supreme Court said it was okay for poll workers to wear MAGA hats at the polling places in California. And I read this, I what? thought this can't be, uh, that was my reaction too, what? I could see it in Mississippi or Texas or Indiana, but California? I guess they don't want to upset anybody, and they don't want to err on the wrong side of this. So they said, Which "Okay." They have done. They certainly have. Yeah. So, I think it would be better to say no hats at all. That would be the best thing. Because when you go into a court of law, for example, or through security at an airport, you are uh, not to wear a hat. You're to take it off. And I think to err on the side of not offending anyone or being ultimately as careful as you can be, it would be no hats. That's the simplest answer. No Why? cowboy hats, no logo hats, no, no any kind sun of No sunbonnets. Yeah, no. no visors, nothing. Have you ever seen Dr. Strangelove? I have. It was on Channel 6 television last night. Is that, uh, what is through. that called? Uh, is that uh, public television? Uh -huh. Hollywood at Home. PBS. Hollywood at Home, yeah. And I'm not sure, I think it's a feed they get from somebody else because there's a logo at the beginning and the end of it. 
But then, what is her name? Veronica? No. What is her name? The hostess. She comes on afterwards. She's she does. Great. At first, I thought, why is she even doing this? Because all she's doing is reading the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. about the movie. But it's okay. She does a great job. But she moves well. She has, I think she has rather stilted, <laughs> awkward movements. But it's okay. She's a film buff, and she's smart, and she knows her stuff. Anyway, the scene in there where Slim Pickens gets his cowboy hat out of the safe. Instead of wearing his flight helmet, piloting the B-52, he switches to a cowboy hat. So all the folklore is that they only showed him the script pages that he was in. He had no idea what the rest of the movie was about. He thought, it was, he, he, thought he was playing it straight as a B-52 pilot on a Russian mission. He had no idea all this other stuff was going on in the war room with George C. Scott and Peter Sellers. <laughs> and Peter Sellers. And Peter Sellers. So I just thought that was kind of fun. I did not know that, that they only uh, gave him entree, if you will, to the portions of the script that he was involved in. There were two other actors that turned it down. John Wayne was one of them. And I forget who the other one was, but it was a, a guy, similar vein of Wayne. So they figured, well, we just won't show them the whole script, and oh, then man. maybe we'll get somebody, and that was how it went. So what'd you find out about the uh, seven uh, protected classes? So, yeah. There's actually 11 protected oh, wow. classes. Okay. Excuse me. All right. I'll go through them quickly. So race, religion, national origin, age, sex, sexual orientation, pregnancy status, familial status, uh, disability, uh, veteran status, gen- and genetic information. Genetic information. Like that's a, a new one. Yes, yeah, that is yeah. a new one. So that's like DNA testing. Correct. Because you say, for example, you're, you have a predisposition to developing a type of cancer, early onset cancer. And they would, that would show up in a uh, in your DNA test. thing, right. And then if somebody got a hold of that, how do people even get a hold of that stuff? Ancestry.com, all these different oh, websites that people submit DNA samples to that get tested. Um, I haven't done that yet, and I don't know if I will. Uh, I won't be planning to do that myself. I, I know enough about my ancestry to just leave that alone. <laughs> we have a little family tale about that. My sister, my sister, my brother, my nieces, all of these people got mixed up in this strange affair. My sister sent her saliva to Ancestry.com and they sent back a family tree, which included a woman in Texas, a 40-year-old woman in Texas, who was said to be a niece of my sister's. Well, my sister started asking all the men in the family, did you father a child 40 years ago who's maybe now living in Texas because this is all news to us? Well, it turned out, yes, one of my brothers did, and he didn't know it Mm. until a year ago. Although she had fingered three other brothers before that. Yeah, yeah. She asked me, where, where were you in August of 1979? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't fathering a child. <laughs> so she went down the list of all my other brothers, and uh, one of them was strangely silent until it was determined that he is indeed 
the father of this woman. But and did anything come of that? Though? Oh, a did, lot came of that. Did he oh. become a integral part of this individual's life? Over the dead body of his now wife, yes. Uh, she took great exception to the entire enterprise, even though this predated their relationship. This happened long before yeah, my brother ever met Leslie. I'll just say Leslie, it doesn't matter now. But that's the only name I'll use. But in any case, uh, my brother did, after some drama, establish a relationship with his daughter. And did soon she want that? Did the daughter want that? The daughter want, oh, the daughter wanted it big time. The daughter had sent her sample to Ancestry.com because she did not know who her father was. It was one of these classic cases. And Ancestry said, well, we think we have a match. Here's some information. And I don't know if they had to pay extra to get all the details, but when my brother sent his saliva in and they tested it and confirmed it, then I think everyone was told, or everyone was given the opportunity. We have this information. Do you want it? And the daughter said, yes, 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 I want it. And so that left my brother kind of flapping in the breeze. So oh, really? it put him in a really awkward position. But it sort of had a happy ending. It's, but it was, it was six months of bizarre soap opera behavior in the yeah. family. No, I, so I had a friend that fathered two separate children uh, from two women at the same time. Okay. So he has two, he has two <laughs> daughters that are the same age from two different women. And it's because he was breaking up, he had broken off one relationship and started a new relationship. So at the end of one, he fought, conceived one baby, and at the beginning of the other, he conceived another. And how long ago was all this? Uh, probably like seven years ago. Okay, so the kids are little, yeah, little kid, grade school kids. Are, yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, I guess that took a lot of not explaining, but a lot of understanding and talking everything through between all parties involved because these two now sisters are in each other's lives and then the two mother, baby mothers, are also involved in each other's lives. And is that a positive thing for them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I think everybody understood where everyone was at at the time. And I think this is a, I, I think that's kind of a public service announcement to use a condom. Now, I've been hanging out with uh, the straight guy who has all the stereo equipment that oh. I, we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, I've used his name, and I'm not going to do that again. I, in case he ever hears the show, he's a wonderful person. He is a straight guy, and he's trying to find a girlfriend. He's 30-something, and I think he is concerned about growing old and being single and not having grandchildren for his parents or something. Or people are probably suspect that he's gay. People do suspect that he is. I know I do, but I'm sure he isn't. I'm quite cert certain that he is not. But he's super gay friendly. Doesn't bother him at all in any sense that, that I am or Carl is or we are, all of us are. But I've been trying to find a way to ask him if straight people have always or never or are becoming more like gay people in that when they first meet, do they immediately go to bed and then they decide whether they might be friends or not and see each other, like we do? 
we immediately go to bed with somebody, and then maybe we see them again, maybe we don't. But at least we went to bed with them. You know, I think that's an important part of any relationship to be sexually compatible with. Do you think straight people are taking a page from us and they're doing that too, just like we do it? Yeah, they're, they're taking it from they our are, playbook okay. and, and possibly you know, engaging in more casual sex, especially right now during a pandemic where people can't establish a, a you know, they may not be able to go out on the dates and build the relationship like they normally would where sometimes they're just looking for that intimate contact with another person and another person is willing to give them that intimate contact and they'll go for it and who knows that could blossom into a very healthy loving relationship down the road I don't have any expertise in uh, the the workings of uh, the heterosexual dating world but um, I suspect just given our cultural changes um, I, I think that probably uh, heterosexual folks are actually working out their stuff and proposed relationships maybe and meeting people much more similar to the way gay men have traditionally. Well, that'll be a topic for next time we are playing records. Do you know there's a, there's a YouTube show called um, uh, Hunting Season? Do you, do you know of no, that? No, I don't know that one. And uh, it is a, uh, I've seen one episode and it takes place in New York City and it uh, is about the, the it's a, a lot like Sex in the City, but it's a kind of a gay version where you have oh. a blogger who is the main character and he's a professional blogger. And it's all about these men who are friends and their relationships and how they go about having lots of sex in New York City. So it's... It's sort of like the four of us. <laughs> no, it's no. not like the four of us. <laughs> but if we, if we all move to New York, we may find ourselves swept up into that. How you would know. that be? What would that feel like? I can't imagine what yeah, that would I, be like. I, I think I would personally pass. Okay. <laughs> Are these like 30-somethings that go to the gym all the time? Uh, I think probably mid-20s to no. mid-30s, no. yes. Uh, oh, uh, they're actually in their 20s because there's some comment that somebody, they're going to some sort of club and no one over 30 is allowed in, I think. Which number is that on the... Uh, uh, criteria. I was counting off the criteria of discrimination. That's one of them, isn't it? That's age. Age discrimination. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. That doesn't stop anybody. Yeah. And plus, you know, I'm still 29. What? We're I thought you had a birthday. Hey, hey, hey. You had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we have it on tape. It's on our show. It's one of our shows you had a birthday. It's a vicious rumor. Yes. Well, I, ha I have one more thing I'd Good. like to bring up. Um, I try to stay away from any kind of news programs on the weekend. But on Saturday nights, there's actually a very interesting program by, hosted by a gentleman named Joshua Johnson. 
And Joshua Johnson oh, yes, used know, yeah. to uh, host the um, the NPR program One uh, A. Uh, yeah. And he disappeared from One A, and I didn't know what happened to yeah. him. And then he turns up on the weekend show on NSNBC. MSNBC. That, that oh, he's program. a visual treat. And yeah. do you know what he looks like, Daniel? He's, he's pulling it up right he's now. He's very well. well spoken. Oh, he is. And I sort of landed uh, on this program he was doing last night, and he was talking about all the wonderful folks we had lost in the last year, mm -hmm. including Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And he was calling on their spirits, which I thought was really kind of amazing the way he did this show because he usually opens with well I'm a gay man which I think is fascinating mm -hmm. that he is so comfortable and he's so good at what he does but I had been saying when uh, Mr. Biden first got uh, decided to take on the challenge of maybe being the next president uh, it, hopefully they were uh, calling on the spirits of, of uh, Bo Biden and Ruth Bader Ginsburg to sort of help them out. Well, this is what Joshua's proposing, and he named all these incredible people that we've lost over the year, and being that we're headed towards the end of the year, and calling on us to remember them in our spirit of moving forward. And I thought that was pretty amazing. John Lewis had to be on that list, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. John Lewis was on that list. And uh, was Elijah Cummings on the list? Elijah Cummings, Elijah Cummings. was on the who list. Who else? I'm trying to think who else would be on the list. Oh. Uh, I, McCain? Yes. John was, McCain was on the list. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was really uh, a very well done. He, who, he's very good. Who else is on the show with him? No one. Just him? Just him. So it's like the Rachel Maddow show, yes. only it's with Joshua Johnson. It's, uh, it's a captivating show, actually. It's, it's really well done, and he speaks so well. And he is very versed in uh, whatever he's going to speak about. So I found that last night's program was especially well done, and I wanted to give a a congratulations out to Joshua Johnson on the great show that he did and, and how sensitive it was and I thought how timely it was. Have you ever seen a picture of him with his shirt off? I have not. Oh, uh, can you find one on your phone there, Daniel? It's really something. Have you ever seen a picture of um, uh, Ari Shapiro with his shirt no. off? Oh, really? No. I'm yeah. afraid you should probably take a no, look at no, one of those. Thank you, He's a good-looking man. Does he still? Does uh, Joshua still have his mohawk sort no. of thing? He did not. Oh, he, he used to be on he, Meet the Press. He'd come on on Sunday with Chuck Todd. Right. And when they shot him from the back on the over-the-shoulder angle, he had this kind of aggressive sort of uh, pushy mohawk, which. Uh, surprised me. It's good. It's good. You know, but I'm thinking, in a political commentator, he's got to be the only one. Uh, I did not see that. He does have some facial hair. Yeah. Uh, limited. Sure. Uh, but he's very clean cut and yeah. very professional. And uh, as I said, he um, he speaks so well. 
and he's so well versed that it, it is a, a, an enjoyable show. I've probably seen him twice, uh, but last night's was particularly. Did he have a guest? He must have somebody. I, with I caught it at the very end, oh, and okay. I did not okay. see any guests. But All that's right. not the only show he does. He does another show, and I, I don't know when that is. We played uh, our James Bond soundtrack LP yesterday several times. This is the one. Carl, tell us where that record came from. That actually was part of my mother's prized collection. And she played well, she it. She gave it to me. Yeah. She didn't play them anymore. So I was gifted that. What kind of equipment did she play it on? Do we know? Oh, she had some tilt down magnifiers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which stopped working. And that's the end of that. The, the record does exhibit some wear. It doesn't sound as pristine as it might, but it's okay. We're happy to, to play it. It has the main theme by John Barry with the full orchestra. It has uh, Matt Monroe singing, From Russia with love, I fly to you. <laughs> Someday I'll do it for real. That's, that's very well done, It's actually. a great song. It's, it's on my karaoke list. I'm going to make a re proper recording of it when I get the words all written down. Anyway, because it's right in my key. But he had really good breath control, Matt Monroe. He'd been a scuba diver. And he could sing like three lines of the song all the way through on one breath, so good for him. Then Shirley Bassey does Goldfinger. Nancy Sinatra, what's, do you know the one oh, she did? Which one? God, do no, you know I it? don't. I didn't know she did one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it wasn't was these boots were made for, boots were made no, no, for walking. Her. Yeah, 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 but that it was, was not a, it. It was a James Bond theme played over the opening credits. For which movie? You only live twice. Oh, I didn't honor know like that, that was her. Or so it seems. Anyway, I started too low. Uh, then uh, Tom Jones does Thunderball. Oh, yes, that's correct. I yeah. remember that. Who yeah. else could it be for that? And uh, what yeah. about, uh, which probably too late, but um, who was the female uh, artist? Grace Jones, was she on there? She's, I don't think she's on this one, but it's I know. It's probably that, yeah, too late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On, the, on the second side, they're sort of in chronological order. There's Paul, uh, Paul McCartney and Carly Simon, mm -hmm. and then Shirley Bassey comes back. Live and let die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. going to have all that. But Louis Armstrong sang one, We Have All the Time in the World. Oh. Do you know that one? I do. Oh, it's wonderful. Sing it. We have all the time in the world, time enough for love to unfold. And like that. Uh huh. Very good. <laughs> and uh, then Shirley Bassey comes back and does Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. And Diamonds Forever, uh, Forever was filmed in Las Vegas, correct? I don't know. Yes. It's quite a, a good movie, and there's a. There's some controversy over one of the car things. There's a, I guess it's 1971 or 72, and there's a brand new Mustang that they've rented that they drive. And it goes up on the left side to go through this crevice of a building. Okay. But then when it comes out on the other side, it's on it's the, the right, right side. <laughs> well, somebody was not paying attention. Uh -uh. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, on IMDb about Dr. Strangelove 
as good as it was, there were lots of things overlooked in that. But it's okay. You we hardly liked it. notice. We hardly noticed. Uh, the pl a missile went off within a, a mile of the plane, the B-52. <laughs> it knocks out engines and is leaking fuel, and all, yet all the exterior shots of the plane flying, it looks completely normal. <laughs> so, they ran out of money. I guess they ran out of money. Well, you know, you you had a, a new wildlife experience recently, didn't you? Uh, again, uh, with the squirrel. Ooh. Oh, no. We yeah. have plenty of Same time. One. If we have to go out, if we have to go back in and take stuff out, we will, because we got to hear the squirrel story. It's a, a new, new squirrel, squirrel story. story. A new squirrel story. Yeah. So, as you recall, maybe a month ago. On our highest rated show. On our highest rated show, we had a squirrel. Yeah. And. Um, I guess two weeks ago, we went to Palm Springs, got home, and there was another squirrel in the house. Oh, I didn't hear this. Oh, no. He was uh, in the uh, windowsill of the kitchen, and he was a baby squirrel. He's a baby I squirrel, think, yeah. which is smaller than the previous squirrels. So smaller tail. Yeah. So was there a nest there? in the house somewhere? In the no, uh, uh, we had to move the refrigerator out, and we, we quarantined him, if you will, into the kitchen. And we had to take the back door off. We had to move the refrigerator. And we discovered that there was a, some, a hole in the wall behind the refrigerator. And that's where we figure he was getting in. Sort of like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Uh, yeah, or unfortunately. A, uh, yeah. Pixie and Dixie. You remember Pixie and Dixie? Uh, yeah, I do, uh, oddly enough. Do you know who Pixie and Dixie are? I know Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Gay gasp. <laughs> I don't think I know what that is. Pinky, Pinky and the Brain. Yes. Uh, what what is that? What that is? Is that it's, like, it's like two mice. One's really smart, talks about world domination. Okay. And the other one's just kind of like, yeah, sure, okay, and kind of doopy. And he's, he's Pinky. And the, the smart little one is the brain. Cause he's oh, the so I was going to say, it's almost like you, and but at the end there, it switched, so it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Who's Pinky, who's the brain? Yeah, yeah. Pixie and Dixie were a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Uh, what did that, what, what were they mixed in with? It was the Huckleberry Hound show, I think. I don't is that right? remember. Yeah, it was Huckleberry Hound. Uh, it was Ignatz in there at any point? I don't know what that is. Ignatz was the, the mouse, and there was Crazy Cat. Crazy Cat and Ignatz. That's way before. It was like a crazy Cat. Was crazy Cat was so in love with Ignatz. I don't know that one. And Ignatz would just do horrible things to Crazy Cat. And Crazy Cat would then interpret that as, ah, uh, he loves me so much. <laughs> That's kind of symbolic for dysfunctional relationships. Uh, well, it, it, cartoons have really changed. What about Beavis and Butthead? Did oh. they grow up to be lovers or um, no? They, they moved to Alabama. No. Oh. They were friends. But they are brothers today. Yes. The two guys that made the thing. What are their names? I forget. I don't. Uh, real life. Don and. Uh, I'd um, know it if I heard it. I'm sure our listeners will tell us. Don Jr. No, 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 no. And <laughs> while we're on the subject, I do want to say to Nate that I t completely, totally appreciate your 
cajoling us into making a show today. I got an email from you this morning at gaydaysofourlives at gmail.com. Where's the newest podcast? So here is your new podcast, just for you and the other 50 yes. people that listen. So, And there was a title to it called Breathless in Sacramento. That was one we did? That was, that was his, the title of his email. Oh, I don't remember that. Mm. Is that the most recent one or a yes. different one? Okay, I'll go back. I, I, need, I skip the title sometime. All right. What else? All of a sudden, it's now 40 minutes. How did we do 40 minutes? I don't know. We were 25, and now it's 40. And I'm glad that... Time know. flies when you're having fun. Yeah, okay. Did you find something on the phone there to talk about? Well, you know, you don't want to know. Or maybe you do. I guess this will be for the next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can tease just, it. We, yeah, we tease can Tease it, baby. I, I like to tease. Yeah. Just, just the tip. Um, the Church of Cock. That's something I would like to talk about next week. Is it a real thing? It's a real thing. All right, then. I thought that would be a temple. <laughs> yes. I think there is. There, there is. I think I've heard of that. But All right. Then we'll have to wait for a while to hear about that. In the meantime. A week. Okay. Tell, can't you give us some little bit of something about it? No. Nothing. All right. The Church of Cock is coming to a podcast near you. It's coming. Bada bing, bada boom.